stand up for yourself and I'll back you up cause problems don't solve themselves I'll tell you what instead of would or could I think you should draw a line in the sand and stand your ground it's for your own good Hello, I want to welcome you back to another episode of The Voice of Families in Addiction, presented by Families Impacted by Opioids, a non-for-profit organization in Cleveland, Ohio. Today's episode will begin with us discussing how it is that we will create a community collaboration. And there's some footing that needs to be done before we can really start to formulate what is a collaboration and how would it be useful. Um, let's start out with the idea that we want more of the stakeholders in our local community to become engaged. And the first question is going to be, well, who are those stakeholders? What are we asking of them? And, and what would be the outcome of what it is that we asked once they've done it? So. Just getting together like-minded people on an idea in a conference room and writing out a strategy and then going into the community and implementing that strategy, it, it's a good place to start, but in and of itself, we haven't really accomplished much yet. So let's start kind of as Stephen Covey uh, suggests in First Things First and Successful Habits of Highly Effective People, his writings um, let's start with the end in mind. And what would be the end point of, of a good community collaboration? Well, I think as a vision, it would look something like the members of the community that hold certain positions within our society are aware that families that are dealing with substance use disorders are on a journey, that they are being impacted, and that they would benefit from learning more about the key issues that this family that they're looking at would possibly experience in this journey. So we, we wouldn't ask of them to take on any responsibilities about that particular awareness other than to help channel these people to the right level of care, to be kind of a cheerleader or a coach, a coach in the sense of this is where you need to go in order to become stronger. And in that sense, there's a whole lot of people in our community that hold these types of positions. So what we might consider doing in the initial steps of creating a collaborative around families orienting themselves towards learning more about the key issues they're likely to face and then building coping skills to strengthen them in order that they can develop a response that's going to meet their needs and help them to move forward. In doing so, we've got the curriculum. We've got the landing place for these families. The landing place is hopefully you've set up in your community a Family Solution Finder Learning Center. Contact us if you have not, 440-385-7605. We'd be happy to help you do that. And then what would be needed would be an education series or a learning series. And that learning series needs to be accessed in multiple different types of media channels. So what we mean by that is, it'd be great if that learning center was providing a, um, a presentation maybe once a week on a specific topic, kind of like an academic learning, you know, classroom style learning uh, curriculum. Uh, then also on um, a TV episode that they can see on their local access TV station depending on their scheduling, which topic would be available. But typically those stations also carry a copy that you could pull out and, and view on demand. And um, then maybe uh, a Zoom meeting might be another way of presenting this uh, to these families as a landing place. And um, they might have an on-demand, meaning they're going to create their own curriculum of the 32, which ones do we want to educate ourselves on first. So that's kind of the media channeling that's available for accessing the academics. It's the landing place. That's where we want the families. We want to give them an opportunity to learn. 
the learning and materials that they will receive need to come from you know, empirically proven studies and um, organizations that are trusted in their excellence, like SAMHSA, NIH, um, clinical studies, uh, empirically proven best practices. And that's where all of the uh, Family Solution Final Learning Series comes from. None of, it, none of it's actually ours. We don't contribute in any way to the content in that regard. We just bring it to these uh, families in a, in a media channel that they might find best suits them for learning. So we have the landing spot. Now we have the families, and then we have this sphere of what we'll refer to as stakeholders. And you might sit there and think, okay, well, we're throwing out some vocabulary here. You know, what, what is a stakeholder? Well, a stakeholder is a person in our community that has kind of a vested interest or exposure to our vested interest, which is that the families have access to learning about their journey and the issues they'll face and strengthening them from that learning. So when we tar target uh, certain people, who do we bring to the table in this, um, in this dynamic in terms of community collaboration? Well, most often you see people will say, well, let's get the police in. Okay, yeah, let's get the police in. Let's get the mayor's office in. Okay, uh, let's get, um, let's, let, let, let's, let's include the schools. You know, we'll, get, we'll include the schools. Okay, great. Um, then, you know, all these different people come together and they sit and they, they start to kind of nurture what they individually know about the families, <laughs> which I don't mean to laugh, but it's typically very little because we haven't talked about the families yet in our community. They have been left totally out of the dialogue. Uh, we've talked a lot about the person who's misusing substances. We've talked a lot about mental health providers and a, a, a recovery and addiction treatment centers and um, you know some of the community agencies and, and uh, non-government agencies, the non-for-profits. But we don't really talk much about the families. I am, though, seeing more often that topic be inclu included. But it's absent of, okay, well, let's, let, we're going to have a group meeting. Our agency is going to talk about it. They, they seem to be void of, so what should we be specifically discussing? And what action points can we consider? That's the purpose of today's uh, episode, which is, a community collaboration for families that are dealing with substance use disorders. Hello, my name is Roy Poyan, and I am a chemical dependency assist, counselor assistant and a certified mental health coach. I'm also the director of Families Impacted by Opioids, and the purpose of these series of podcasts is to give air to topics that we could all start to talk more about and start to reference the materials that are out there, just like we did at Families Impacted by Opioids, FIO. So what we're doing now is in this episode, we're going to identify the stakeholders. So let's get to work and start to do that. I, I have an easel with a piece of paper on it. And at the top, I have a row and it says coach, number one, coach. That doesn't mean that they're the number one key stakeholder. It's just they're, they're number one of eight. Um, the degree of importance isn't significant here, so we're not. With a coach, let's talk about that because I am going to show this book, which is actually uh, a, a, a book on the 12 seminars that we've selected that the family needs to grow from learning as their initial exposure to starting a knowledge base of the family about addiction and substance use disorders. So we've gone through this in other episodes, but it's the same as the certification for families. It is the seminar one through 12, enabling versus consequences, addiction behavior, family intervention, which is stages of change, the police intervention, emergency medical services intervention, the legal system intervention, the treatment center intervention, support agency mapping, the relapse, successful lifelong recovery, bereavement and spiritual faith and spiritual practices. So in this book, it's titled From Coach to Family Table, Empowerment in the Substance Use Disorders Journey. 
And you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on our website, familiesimpactedbyopioids.com, as a download. It would be a PDF, and it, it consists of about 340 pages. So uh, whether you want to print it out or not, I don't know. You might want to buy an ink cartridge before you get started and do double-sided printing. But all kidding aside, it is available uh, on, on Amazon for you also. So with that in mind, who do you, do, who do you have at this table? Well, I want you to visually... In your mind, um, consider a conference table. And uh, in one of the chairs is sitting um, either the athletic director or a very popular football coach of a big high school team. And you're saying to this coach, Coach, from time to time, you're going to run into a student player who is going to express to you that they're having difficulties in life and that these difficulties are stemming from the fact that their family is being uh, inundated with these issues one after the other and it is exhausting them because a member of their family is dealing with substance use disorders of some type and now that has become this student player's reality and now that has become his performance at school and now that has become his performance and ability to function in his sports playing what has happened is that it's come to the surface. It's kind of like a sore that starts from deep down inside and then comes to the surface and, and creates this big red spot. Um, you know, now we noticed it, okay? But what, what, how do we treat it? What do we do? What does the coach do? Well, coach, you are a stakeholder, okay? You can't get around it. You might as well play in it. What can you do about it? Well, you can have a copy of these books. Say you have three underneath your desk. No, 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 no big commitment in terms of on your part, but when a student player does present this to you in a conversation and you have the opportunity, we think that it would be a good collaborative idea if you pulled out a copy of this, handed it to them, and said to them, listen, drug addiction is a family disease and it's chronic. It's not going to go away. You'll learn how to manage and live your life around it, but it's never going to like stop. And what you need to do as a family is to start to get educated. As your coach, as a friend, as somebody who cares about you here in the community, I'm going to give you this book. I want you to take it home and introduce it to your family. And inside is the contact information for you to get in touch with the local learning center or the national learning center. And, and they will instruct you on how to start to move into this material so that you can benefit in learning more about the disease and its progression and how it impacts the family. That's all we're asking the coach to do. But when you think about it, that's a lot, okay? Because now, right now, the coach has nothing to really say. All he's got to say is, yeah, drugs is a problem in our community and it's a bad thing. If you need somebody to talk to, let me know. I'll sit down with you and talk to you. But even there, he's not really chained to his counselor in drug addiction. And um, he'll just draw from the skill sets that he have, has, which is probably very strong. Our, we love our coaches. Our coaches are excellent. They're an excellent part of the fiber and continuity and, and the expression of we want to do better. And these things that we do as your coach teaches you life lessons on how to do better. Doesn't it make sense then that in something so significant as drug addiction and the families that our coaches would be armed with the materials needed to tell them the exact same message. This is how you do this, and I'll show you how. This is how you throw a football. This is how you shoot a basketball. This is how you put the puck in the upper right-hand corner of the net in hockey, okay? The coach is now saying, this is how your family grows and learns and strengthens itself in this skill set, coping as a family with addiction. You know, I'm just going to stop in this dialogue right here and mention, we, we often use, and phraseology is really important. I mean, we move, we move words around quite frequently based on our sensitivity of how it's uh, perceived or what mistakes it might be making when we use a particular word incorrectly, and we replace it with a word that's more fitting, a kind of like of the results that after it gets decoded by the person receiving the message, we'll properly understand what it is we're communicating. So with that in mind, when we say the war on drugs, I say baloney. I, I say a different word, but I say baloney. And the fact of the matter is, it's not a drug war. It's a 
drug war on our families. Make no mistake about this. This drug addiction, this war on drugs is not on the nation. That's a bunch of bunk. This is a, this is a disease-creating substance that is targeting our families. And because now a certain level of it is poison, it's actually creating an, an, an almost, um, in epidemic proportions, a genocide of our family members. We're, we're actually watching our families get killed by this drug. So with that in mind, this is very serious. And the proper words need to be used. I'd like to see us eliminate the term war on drugs and replace it with a war on our family. This is what this is. It's a war on our family. And the coach can help strengthen us in this fight by helping us to get to the right resource, which is something that will help us to learn more about what we can do to cope with the different issues. So that's one category. That's one stakeholder in a, in a slew of, we've selected eight in total, and we'll go through each one. The next, the next level is our, our person or stakeholder in our community, our counselors. And we'll kind of stick with the school as a theme, the guidance counselor. Well, guidance counselors are, are trained, and actually they're, they're excellent, okay? What a great, once again, what a great part of our society that we have guidance counselors in our schools. And, and the work that they do, um, boy, I'll tell you, it, it really is a contribution to who we are. But the fact is, these guidance counselors are, are truly a, a gem that we need to empower and, and, and support and, and prop up with the right materials. So what we're going to do is, I have a book in my hand titled, From Counselor to Family Table. It's the same book in its design and content as From Coach to Family Table. It's just titled From Counselor to Family Table. And the family would have an opportunity to access this most likely through their student and their, their, their child. And so the guidance counselor sees the student on a specific issue regarding school and performance and academics or behaviors in the classroom, you know, things that are related to a guidance counselor's tasks. And Wentz identified that, you know, this is more than likely a, a good person and, and, and they're being, you know, overly saturated with an environment at home of substance use disorder. It's a family disease. You know, the family's up arguing. Uh, they're not being nice to each other. They're exhausted. They're afraid. Uh, they don't know where to park it. This is trauma in the family. Every time they experience a new issue that's presented by the person that's misusing substances and their behavior. Remember, there's two things going on in this individual with substance use disorders. There's them and there's the disease which creates the behavior. If this was asthma, absent the behavior, you probably wouldn't be kicking them out of the house. It's the behavior that we're sitting there saying, this is unacceptable. We love the person, we hate the disease. So with this in mind, the counselor is gonna have to do the same kind of thinking. And to help support them, we would give them this book titled From Counselor to Family Table, and they would say something very similar to what the coach said, only because of their role, they may play a little bit more of a counselor role in the sense of maybe suggesting to the person that the family comes in and meets with the counselor, and that counselor might give the family at that point this book or give it to the individual and tell them to take it home like we did with the coach. But the guidance counselor's ability to more or less, you know, circle around the family with the idea that there is learning and education material available to them. They just need to know where to find it. And that would be to get in touch with the, the local Family Solution Finder Learning Center. But if you don't have one, to contact us at the National Center, and then we would help guide them through that. And we can do all this virtually with the families. So that, that's not a difficult uh, task for our side. So now we have a guidance counselor who's a stakeholder that they are actually a part of this new dynamic of collaboration. You see, this is more than just sitting in a room, in a conference room, in a suburb, you know, uh, you know, meeting hall or, you know, government agency and deciding, okay, well, let's do this and we'll hold this meeting and we'll have them come in at. <laughs> I hate to tell you that, but that's not going to happen. 
You know, you putting up meetings around the community, they're not coming to your meetings. And if you think they are, then and you see that they are, then you've got a special community. And I would, I would really pounce on that and 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 support that and grow it. But if you're like most communities, the families don't come out for education. And let's face it, only 10% of people that are addicted actually seek treatment. What luck do you think we have with the family members? An even smaller number of those families that are associated to that person that's in treatment, an even smaller number of them are willing to come to the treatment center and learn. Although the treatment centers have been doing a pretty darn good job of getting them to show up. But they're not teaching them all these other skills. They're teaching them more about addiction and, and, and some of the things that they need to do when they get out. But we're, we're more or less approaching other types of socio and economic circumstances that, that present itself. We'll title those situations. And with every situation, there's a slew of issues inside of a situation. Like, for example, they got arrested or they're they're in the emergency room or and you see why you know the treatment center it shouldn't be held responsible to educate on those things because that's not their lane and we want to make sure everybody stays in their lane because then they'll do a really good job of what they do we want that from them but we're not going to start asking them to be the everything for all the people for all the issues that would that would not be a collaboration uh, that would be you know a, a real clustering of, of mistakes so with that in mind, let's now, let's now talk about from counselor, and we only talked about the guidance counselor, let's talk about the fact that there are other counselors. There's intervention specialists. There are um, therapists. There are drug counselors. There's psychiatry, psychology. Um, uh, you know, inside the family therapist uh, tool bag, there's a number of models, cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectic behavioral therapy, um, acceptance and compliance uh, and commitment um, uh, therapy called ACT. There's mindfulness. Um, so the, the list goes on and on of the different types of therapies and modalities that uh, are treatments that a family therapist has at their disposal to help us with. So with that in mind, we look at the counselors of, as kind of a broad category sitting in different parts of our society, but in the same aspect usually somebody starts them off like a guidance counselor or a coach to get to the therapist, okay? We don't typically see somebody sitting there saying, Jack has a substance use disorder. Quick, let's go contact a family therapist. <laughs> That'd be nice if they included it as one of the many's, but typically we don't see that. Usually somebody brings that topic into their sphere of understanding it, and then the reasoning why it's benefit, and then they, then they end up, getting in touch with the family therapist uh, for um, uh, counseling sessions. So with that in mind, the term counselor is, is broad-reaching, but, but they're quintessential to the success of the family dealing with this war of drugs. So now we also look at the community agency. Now we're up to three. And we have a book, and I'm going to uh, just show you this book. It's titled... From Community Agency to Family Table. Now, this is the same book that was used for the counselor's book, From Counselor to Family Table, and From Coach to Family Table. It's just titled for this specific titling of this agency. So that when this agency gives it to somebody, it, it is from them to the family. So with that in mind now, the family is running into this uh, community agency where? Okay, well, let's say um, Family Services has come in and Family Enforcement and said, listen, uh, you know, Jane, Jane is the mother and she's not doing well with her addiction and we're going to have to take the kids. Uh, the family should have already known this because they knew that Jane was addicted and they knew that she had kids and they knew that it was getting worse. And I'm not saying that they didn't do anything about it, but eventually if we have to as a society, we will come in and protect those children and we won't apologize for doing that. And, and that's a good thing. Um, how the system works, everybody has their own opinion on that. We're not going to go there. The fact is, it really does work in the sense of most often getting those people out of that environment, getting those children out of that environment is, is the right thing to do because that environment is possibly the very worst. 
So with that in mind, the goal is to get them back to this family. And, and that's a good thing, too. There's a lot of work that has to be done in order to do that. The, the agency has a choice. Do we give them to a fellow kin or do we give them to a foster, a trained foster uh, family? And when it's a family kinship, uh, typically, not always, but typically, these are not families that have received extensive certification and training where foster families uh, typically, as they're introduced to the program, do receive some standards and, and rules and boundaries. So with that in mind, the family that is a kinship will probably just use the skills that they used when raising other children of their own. And um, it would be a good idea to have those family members that are doing this, this kinship, the provider, uh, start the uh, Family Solution Finder Learning Series so that they have an understanding of some of the characteristics that um, are a part of successful lifelong recovery. And when possible, they can contribute positively towards whatever it is that's happening. Let's face it, family sees it first, okay? There should be a logo. <laughs> the family sees it first. They always see it first. Whether they do anything about it, choose to do anything about it, or did anything about it, that's, that's a matter of sometimes circumstance, resources, and, and their availability. You know, were they even, are they functional? Are they available to respond? So community agencies might also include the Department of Water, um, utilities. And what would that look like? Well, when, when somebody comes into a community agency, they might say, uh, I have to turn my father's water back on. And the person at the service counter could say, well, is, I mean, is there a reason why he didn't make his bills over these past you know, several months? And the person might say, um, is, it, is it in relation to um, substance use disorders? And if the person is willing to, they might say, this, this happens in conversations. Um, actually, it is. He, he would rather drink than pay his bills. And that's why I'm paying for it and I'm coming down here. Now, they have an opportunity. They could hand them this book at that moment. They could pull it out from underneath the counter and say, listen, we have a free book for you, and it'll help your family get started on your journey of learning about what's going on with, with your father. And it is, uh, is our uh, local Family Solution Finder Learning Centers and you need to get in touch with them because they're going to help you understand the issues that are sitting in front of you. And, and they'll give you some coping skills on how, on how to deal with that. You know, the things that you learn are just knowledge. But if you have coping skills on how to apply them, that's the difference. Now, now we've really raised the bar. So the community agency could give this to them at that moment. Well, now think about how many community agencies there are that these families, when they're dealing with addiction, and loss of job and, and, and all the mental health and, and um, trauma that comes with this, these people go out and they touch a lot of different community services. If, if the more frequently used agencies had this book available to them, the likelihood of the family coming in contact with this material is significantly increased. Oh, guess what? The people who are in the agency, their families may be going through this too. Is it only an external, you know, handing to somebody that they've identified has a need to learn? No, it, it, it could be an in-service to the agency. It's a big agency. Statistics would suggest that, you know, several of their own family members, either close or, or distant, are dealing with this disease, and they can benefit from this knowledge. So there's a duality of, 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 um, of responsibility here. Now, we, as we move through the, you know, the, the different you know, aspects of this, we're, we're looking at, okay, so what, what, might have, what might have come next? Well, there's, there's the pastor, and we have a, a book titled From Pastor to Family Table. And you know, a person from the congregation or outside the church might come to the pastor and say, gee, I'm dealing with this with my son, I don't know, my husband, uh, my aunt. I don't know what to do. Uh, can you help me understand? You know, well, certainly this person understands how to faithfully minister to this needs of suffering and, and concern about where is God in all this? How should I use my faith? And, and that's not something that this person needs help in doing. But they don't have a very big you know, knowledge base on what are the issues families facing and what do they need to learn. So for that reason, we've got a book, and it's titled From Pastor to Family Table, and that can be given to church ministers or deacons 
and, and lay people who are serving in certain like ministries to hand to the family and say, listen, we have a local center that deals specifically in educating you on the key issues that these family, that your family is going to go through. You can learn how it's impacting you. You can learn how to respond to it, how to create a salute, determine a solution, develop a decision and design a plan of action. And also where to find the resources that'll help you. So this learning center does kind of like a wraparound for you. Uh, we'll handle your faith and, and the things that you need to consider and meditate on regarding your spirituality and God in this journey. And God is a part of this journey. And he's a real asset when you bring him in and let him help you. But on the, on the other side of that, um, the more worldly side, is the learning. And uh, the learning center can handle that when working in collaboration with the pastor. So the, the From Pastor to Family Table is a very valuable uh, community collaboration book. Um, and you just call on your churches and see which ones are willing to have a couple of copies available should they, and they more than likely will. You talk to the pastors, they're going to roll their eyes and say, oh my gosh, I can't begin to tell you how many times we talk about this. You know, we do an AA meeting and an NA meeting here, but um, they don't practice our faith. They're just, they, they just use robes. That's the collaboration part. You're allowing this person to use their faith and the minister to use his ministering in that faith. And you're bolting on only education that's going to complement all of that response. Darn glad you came to the church because they actually ended up having all the pieces for you. So, and the only reason that that took place was because you live in a community that collaborated in a meeting and decided that they were going to empower stakeholders. And, and this would uh, create a dynamic for them to be able to then say, okay, you know, who, who needs to be a stakeholder in this uh, drug war of the families? So now we're looking at first responders and we're getting down to that level of stakeholders. Well, they're, they're already there, Roy. Why would, why would we need to empower them? I mean, don't they have training in all of this? No, nor do we want them to. We shouldn't expect that they can carry this uh, water. Um, that's, that's the job of the learning center. But we could ask them to direct these people in their moment of pain. Because let's face it, people listen more when they're in, when they're in a traumatic experience because they're sitting there saying, would you please tell me how to get out of this? Or they're saying afterwards, could you please tell me how to avoid having this happen again? In either way, we could give the police the from police and response team to the family table book. From police and response team to the family table book. And what that does is it's the same book as the others, only it allows the police to give them this book at the moment that they are in the middle of, we want a solution. The adage of, if you want to help people grow, find them in their moment of pain, that's when they'll listen the most. Well, that's true, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's when they have the ability to listen most. It just means that's when they understand they need to learn the most is during those times of, of uh, very, very uh, limited time span when they're available for that. So the police are always at that moment because they're either arresting the person, they're giving them Narcan, the first response team, and then the question is in the same kind of like event, you know, Billy's decided not to go to the ER, so the, the emergency team is not going to be putting him in the back of the ambulance. Uh, Billy looks to the family and the first responders and says, I'm going upstairs and going to bed. The family looks at the first responder team and said, says, well, what do we do with him when he wakes up? I mean, you know, help us here. Well, right now we would hand him a brochure and say, get in touch with the uh, Norman and Norman Treatment Center. And, you know, uh, you want to get you want to get him down for detox and and start the prop process of, of therapy and treatment. Honestly, that's a that's a absolutely should happen, but we could do more. We could have them with a book that states from police and response team to family table, and they could have that. They could pull it out of their trunk, and they could hand it to the, to the family and say, listen, you're on a journey that is a disease of the family, and it's going to involve all of you And because it, it's a chronic disease. It's not going to go away. So there's a lot for you to learn. We have a learning center here in the area called the Family Social Finder Learning Center, or there's a national center that you can get in touch with. And then you can then help 
them to understand that learning is available, it's possible, and this introduction was made through the police at the moment of an overdose, meaning after the overdose has been, you know, he's revived and is in a relatively safe posture, uh, and these questions start to come up, what next? This is an excellent time to hand them this book. And, you know, more than likely they won't read it. <laughs> more than likely they'll put it on the table and it'll go with the brochure and it'll sit there. And a um, couple of days will go by and Jack's back to using and some incident comes up and they're just like, oh, we've had enough of this. What can we do? And they see the book sitting on the dining room table. Let's face it. The only reason that book is there is because the first responders and the police gave it to them at a moment that they were involved in this family's life. And the only reason that, that happened was because some very thoughtful people collaborated in a room and decided we're going to get our stakeholders to carry materials that get these families started in learning. And it really kind of entrenches them so that we can have a greater success in getting them down to the learning center or attached to the National Learning Center so that they can start their journey of, of growth and, and, and empowerment. And so with that in mind now, the family is more than likely going to take a look at the book because they see that it's true. This isn't going away. Even when they get out of a rehab center, and if, in fact, it does happen that a relapse takes place, they may go back to the book at that time again. They may go back to the book many times. Okay, that's good. That's why the book is there for them. So the other area is the legal court system. They are, in fact, a stakeholder within our system. And so what we want to do is we want to empower the legal court system. We have two ways of doing that. The first way is that the learning center would go to the legal court system and provide them with what's known as the specialty courts family learning program. And that would be something that the courts can then use as a process, once they've got a, a person that's in drug court or family court or one of the specialty courts, they could say to the family members that are in the galley, hey, listen, come on down because we've got some materials for you to use and start to learn. You know, We'll even give you a certificate if you complete six of these in our program design. We'll build a curriculum around your needs. There's 32 for us to select from, and we'll put six together, and we'll start your learning. That's a dynamic that doesn't take place right now. But it, it could be universally, a, it could be a great feed to the family becoming part of the nomenclature of this disease and not just kind of like in the stands watching it happen. Uh, it gets them empowered and now they know what to do. We also have a book besides the specialty courts program uh, book, which is available online in a PDF or on Amazon. In fact, all of our books are. This is titled From Legal Courts to the Family Table. And so now the judge can say to the family, here's the book that we're going to use as a part of the specialty courts program. Or if they don't want to get involved in the specialty courts program, they could just use the book as a standalone and say, here's a book that will teach you, get in touch with the local learning center or the national center, and start your learning of empowerment on the 32 key issues that you're likely to face. Once you know these issues, you're going to be much better off. So with that in mind, we do have a program that can be offered, or we have a book that the judge can hand out um, to the families once they're involved in the legal system. Who else in the legal system could provide that book? Well, because of its title, the probation officer could, the jails, when the person comes down, the social worker at the local uh, county jail or prisons uh, could say, listen, we see you coming down here to support your loved one. Um, eventually he's gonna get out. While he's in here, why don't you start your learning? Here's a book titled From Legal Court System to Family Tables, and it has 12 issues in here that we really want you to know more about. Um, there's a local learning center you can get in touch with, or there's a national center that can help support you. So now we're looking at another aspect of a key. By the way, we said there were eight. but uh, well, This is number seven, but not in sequence. Is the social worker. And, and, and the social worker is somebody that could be um, in a treatment center, could be in a mental health center, could be in a hospital, could be in the emergency room. Social workers, fortunately, and God bless them for what they do, are located everywhere. And if we were to empower social workers to use the From Social Worker to Family Table book and have that available to them, then what we could do is we could guide these families 
at a moment that when a social worker is talking to you, you typically are listening. <laughs> They're usually saying some really good things to you about community coordination and care and, and who's available. These are, these are times when, you know, they should have a pad of paper out ready to make, you know, notes and take names and phone numbers and agencies so that they can become empowered with these uh, resources when they're needed. That's taught in this study guide material, okay? It's, it's called community mapping. It, 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 the social worker can start the family because they're already on the topic of together, let's do something that's good for you. I'm going to help you know where to go. And they could give them this book, and in the book would be a flyer that identifies the local learning center and instructions if they need to get in touch with the national center. So with that in mind, social workers could, could really benefit. And in all honesty, if you're in charge of curriculum at a college or a community college where you have the opportunity to expose students to this, this material in here is all NIH, SAMHSA, empirically proven study curriculum. Uh, this could be used as instruction for students as well as for the families. Them knowing about the 10 types of enabling would probably be a pretty good idea. <laughs> Matter of fact, all of us knowing about the 10 types of enabling would probably be a good idea, as well as boundary setting, as well as the stages of change. <laughs> I mean, we could go down a whole sundry of topics that are listed in here and you think, well, Roy, this really is for all of us. Well, I'm not going to get carried away and say that's the case, but... It, it, it is definitely for the families that are dealing with substance use disorders. So now we're talking about, it's not the last, but it's the last of the eight, the employer. Here you have a mother who's up all hours of the night crying into her bed pillow, and, and her husband's trying to console her, and the families are noticing, you know, she's not doing that well. She didn't get Jack off to a soccer game. Um, you know, she doesn't have the bandwidth. To, to, in some cases, get home, do work, and make dinner. So the, the daughter is making some of the dinners during the week, and yeah, everybody's had it kind of kicking in. But it's because of the fact that the, that the mother in this scenario uh, isn't performing well, unfortunately. She's going into depression. She's doubting herself as a mother. She doesn't see that the future is going to be anything other than miserable. This is a really, really bad situation. And the only reason it's happening is because there are drugs in our community that their child or spouse or somebody significant in their family has come upon and has now become, a, 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 you know, is now a substance misuser. So with that in mind, it is a war on the families. Make no mistake about it. This is not a war of drugs. This is a destruction of our families using drugs. And with that in mind, in some cases, it will absolutely kill you. So we need to really pay attention to this war on the families and start to call it for what it is. And oddly enough, it's families that are located in China and Mexico and Afghanistan. They're families too. And they're the ones that are manufacturing this. It's families that are putting it into a car and getting it over the border. It's family members that are breaking it down in our southern cities and dividing it up into smaller allotments, putting it on the cars, and it's family members that are driving it up the highway. It's family members that are in our cities and suburbs and receiving it and breaking it down into smaller allotments of baggies. It's family members that are on our streets and distributing it each day. It's family members that are back up in these uh, mixing rooms, collecting, mixing, mixing the product as well and diluting it as well as counting the cash with cash machines. I mean, talking about millions of dollars in cash on a weekly basis being moved around in, in, with rubber bands and, and duffel bags. So I, these are people from Iceland that have come in here and you know, they're doing this to us. We're, we're, we're doing it to ourselves. They're, they're using our families to do it. Our families are actually killing each other and they're killing themselves. This is obviously a battle of good and evil. If I were the devil, this is exactly what I would create. Become, become an, an, be, infect the host, have the host spread it, and then kill the host. It, it, it just is it's just terrible. Sorry, I don't mean to get 
on, on, on a sideband, but um, uh, I have history here. It matters to me. And um, from, from employer to family table, these people see it. The employer sees it. The manager, the supervisor, the coworkers, they see it when it's happening to this family. And, you know, it's kind of like when Russia took over Poland and they're kicking people out of their apartments. And uh, one family says, well, I hope that doesn't happen to us. You know, it's just a matter of time till it does. So the fact is, we, we really need to take arms and, and, and fight. And the arms that I'm talking about is knowledge. The drug epidemic thrives on ignorance. Everywhere it holds on to, primarily, it is from a host that is ignorant. Knowledge suffocates the oxygen that allows ignorance to, to thrive. If knowledge goes everywhere the drug goes, we will cut off its ability to live. So with that in mind, the employer is not off limits. The employer is a stakeholder. And for us to sit there and say, oh, well, you can't ask the employer to get into behavioral health. They have an EAP program. They've got a managed care program. Listen, you know, that, that's nice to say those things. But the fact of the matter is, we need to get into the family dynamic, and we've lost the time that it takes to do that. We need to get into there now. And so for that reason, having the employer, the supervisor, have a book like this and say, Mary, you're not performing well, or you know, we're, we're having to cover for you, uh, you're missing work, you're leaving work early, your production's down, whatever the case is, um, is there a reason for that? And she says, well... I didn't want you to know, but my son is addicted to opioids or heroin and methamphetamine, whatever the drug of choice is. It's an alcoholic. And I don't know what to do. It's just ruining our family. It's ruining me. This is an excellent time for the supervisor to pull out from underneath his desk because HR provided it to the uh, management teams to use and hands it to them and says, listen, this is titled From Employer to Family Table. We're not getting into your life, but... This group is available, local center, and they have a national center, whichever you need to use. And they can guide you through exactly how this will affect you when it is that you can actually learn about it beforehand and get in front of it. That's what we'd like to see you have the opportunity to do. And so that's about as much as we're asking of the employer, is just to give them the book, remind them that they care about them, and tell them that their, their resource of learning is in, in, this, in this area. It's just the starting point. We will tell them that when they contact us also. We are just the starting point. We're a conduit for channeling you to behavioral therapists, to treatment centers, to you know, lawyers. To I mean, we, we help to educate you on all these things. We are not all these things. We get you started in thinking and having the confidence and empowerment of knowledge, the basic knowledge for you to go out and effectively find the right level of service, the right level of care for what it is that your issue is you're trying to resolve. That's empowerment, getting people to the right professionals. And that's the, that's the role we're playing. We're creating a collaborative community when we start to include the stakeholders. Now, if you're interested in this, I have a book here titled Start a Family Solution Final Learning Centers. Uh, it's very inexpensive on um, on Amazon, or you can download it on our website for free. <laughs> Fortunately, this one's only about 40 pages, so it's, it's a pretty easy printout, double-sided. So with that in mind, this will show you how to get a learning center started in your community. We have another book titled Family Solution Finder On-Demand Curriculum Builder Program. And what this allows a family to do is to build their own curriculum. Let's face it, 32 issues um, with our TV series, with our podcasts, with our uh, in-person seminars, with our online PowerPoint presentations through Zoom. You know, this is a lot of material. So it's best if they just choose those things that they need, that they see they need in, in like short snippets. Like, well, we're just going to select three for right now. Great, that's fine. Which three? And we'll show them what they can choose from. But, you know, let, let's have them take, you know, digestible bites of information. And, and then we have a program called e-learning. Family Solution Finder e-learning program is a book. Uh, once again, you can download it online or you can buy it on Amazon. 
the Family Solution Finder e-learning program shows you how to use uh, Zoom and the breakout sessions and polling and questions and whiteboard uh, are some of the features of Zoom to kind of make your, um, your presentation more interactive and interesting for the families if it is that you're offering this locally in a Zoom format. Rural uh, groups would tend to benefit greatly from this. So this is the community. This is the collaboration. This is the endpoint that they get in touch with the learning materials. Everybody is united on one topic, and that is ask the family from all these different points throughout the community. Each group should ask the family, have you taken the Family Solution Finder Learn certi Certification Program? Have you taken the Family Solution Finder Certification Program? If not, here's a book to get you started. Because we can do more for you if you know what's happening and is likely to happen next. And that's where this learning will take you. We love you, we care about you, and you're a part of our community. Let's face it, a community is just a gathering of families when we get right down to it. And a, a gathering of communities is a society. And we want to permeate our society with knowledge about what the families can know if they are dealing with substance use disorders is going to come next and how to be prepared for it. Once again, my name is Roy Poyan, and you can contact me at 440-385-7605. You can email me families impacted by opioids at gmail.com. You can go to our website, familiesimpactedbyopioids.com. You can go on our YouTube channel in the search field, type in fentanyl and families in harm's way and get our TV series of 32 episodes. And you already are aware of the, the Voice of Families and Addiction, our podcast and newsletter. We'll also be posting soon on a YouTube channel and we'll announce it in one of our episodes uh, in the future. Um, the PowerPoint presentations with voiceover, should you yourself want to present it to a group, you can have the handouts and a PowerPoint presentation that takes you through each of the 32 issues. This is very empowering for people that want to take an active role in their community and be the go-to uh, on these topics. I want to thank you very much for listening to us today. God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you again Another another episode of The Voice of Families and Addiction. Stand up for yourself And I'll back you up Cause problems don't solve themselves I'll tell you what Instead of would or could I think you should draw a line in the sand and stand your ground. It's for your own good.